you know a spot. But not just a spot. The spot. Actually, with the all-new Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the all-new 2022 Nissan Frontier. With standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-foot of torque. be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, Amen, amen, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains just a grain of wheat. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it. Whoever hates his life in this world will preserve it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there also will be my servant. The Father and I will honor whoever serves me. The Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. First of all, I want to thank those of you who were here on Tuesday as I asked you to pray for the peaceful death of Carol Good, my niece through marriage's mother, mother, my nephew's mother-in-law. We offered Mass here and I prayed with you for other intentions, but Carol <clears throat> specifically. And I also took the Novena of St. Pellegrine with me she was suffering from cancer, and I went to her and prayed the novena next to her, put the novena prayers on her pillow, stayed with the family about a half hour, and then Jerry and I left. I was just about to the bridge, coming to, back to New York, when my niece called and said she just passed. I asked if you want me to come back. I wanted to. She says, no, you, you said the prayers. You, you blessed her. Her husband, my brother, and I will stay with her for a while. And that's what happened. So Joseph gave, gives us a peaceful death. Carol suffered toward the end with her breathing, but probably did not know that. She probably had already lapsed into a state of rest. And then the deep breathing just indicated closer and closer to death. And she died peacefully at home with her family. And for that, I thank you for your prayers. And St. Pellegrine and St. Joseph, patron of a happy death. Today we commemorate and wear in red St. Ignatius, who also died a death that he chose 
St. Ignatius of Antioch, we call him. A little history about St. Ignatius. There is a story that he was one of the little children who played with Jesus as an adult. Remember the scene in which the apostles had taken the mothers and children away from Jesus? This tradition is that he was one of those children. So he knew Jesus as a child. Jesus, of course, is an adult at this point. We don't know what happened to him between that and the next phase of his life. But we also know that he was an, uh, one of the followers in the community of St. John, the evangelist. He and some of the early, what we call, fathers of the church. People who weren't apostles, but they were the next stage of leaders in the community after the apostles. And Ignatius of Antioch, and Antioch is, is a section of, of Greece, way up north, uh, Turkey, I should say, way up north. And he became the bishop there. Now, as a bishop, he was very, he lived through some persecution. There was uh, some emperors who really persecuted the Christians during that first, first hundred years. And there were some Christians who were able to escape it. But he was very aware of the persecution of the emperor toward Christians. And one day, the emperor Varga comes to Antioch. Now, Antioch is a long distance from Rome, but the emperor owned everything. The, the quote, the, the Roman Empire spread all over what we know as the Western Mediterranean world. So for some reason or other, he was there at Antioch and Ignatius was a big mouth. He was a bishop, not like the bishops we have. In other words, he was elected community leader. There was no formal making them of bishops. The apostles were already gone. But he becomes a bishop and he's a strong community in Antioch, Christian community. And he was grabbed and brought before the emperor. Now the emperor not only worshiped what we would call false gods, but this particular emperor worshiped unseen divinities. And they say he may have been a little off because he may have seen some of those divinities in his, in his delusions. So, so he's arguing with, with Ignatius about his divinities. And of course, Ignatius is saying, ah, I only follow one God, divinity, Jesus Christ who died and is resurrected. And the emperor gets hysterical with that and says, and where is this guy that you worship? He says, within me. So the emperor goes berserk. He says, no, I can't, I can't, I can't stand this. How can this man worship a dead man who's within him? Made no cognitive sense. So he did something very unusual. Instead of having him persecuted there in Antioch, he had him brought to Rome because he wanted to make a really good example of, of Ignatius in front of the, the Romans gathered at the, probably the Colosseum. As time went on, he was brought to Rome and it took like several months and Antioch, I mean, and Ignatius, although he was a prisoner, was able to write letters and they are the foundation of what we have as his theology. And he was able to visit other communities along the way between Antioch and Rome. 
His theology, before we get into what he happened to him in Rome, his theology. He was one of the first writers and referenced scripture that brings together the body of Christ in the Eucharist. Yes, we know what, what the apostles did. We know what the scriptures tell us. We know what the, about the Last Supper. We know Christ's theology about, about becoming one with him through the Eucharist. But he's the one, Antioch, that we, we credit with the theology of the Eucharist that begins with the body of Christ is actually present in the bread of the Eucharist. Now, prior to him, all we had is the scriptures. So there was no theology on that. There was no teaching on that. It was just the scriptures and the good news as recorded by the evangelists. So Ignatius starts that theology and gets us to appreciate what we come here for, the body of Christ. When we receive the Eucharist, we are actually with Jesus Christ. And then go back to what he said to the emperor, Christ becomes part of me, Christ is within me. That's the first century. He died in around, some say 1-7, some say 117, not very good records. He died in the first century. So our faith, of course, is relied upon the apostles, as recorded in the evangelist gospels. But you see how it happened, how it grows into theology based on how the church, and Ignatius is part of the church, digests it, prays over it, understands it, and teaches it. And that's how theology has been passed on to us. He also said a very beautiful phrase because he knew his destiny was to die a martyr. This emperor was not sparing him at all. He said, when I die in the, in the arena and the animals bite my bones and, and chew up, chew me up, and my blood spills on the arena floor, which means sand, on the sand of the, of the Colosseum, it's the blood of the martyrs that gives life to the church. The blood of the martyrs becomes the seed of the church. Now tie that into the gospel that we just heard with Jesus saying, unless a seed falls into the ground and dies, it doesn't blossom. And that's biology, that's, that's chemistry, that's, that's science. Seed falls from whatever it falls from, piece of wheat, and unless it breaks open and dies as a seed, the life within it doesn't come out. In the third grade, I was always amazed when Sister Carmela gave us that project to get seeds, wheat seeds, and, and put them on a, a, a piece of cotton and water it and keep it dark and watch it each day. And one day from the seed, we see the little crack. And the next day from the seed, we, still, we see the little stalk. And the next day, wheat is coming up. So science helps us to understand Christ's theology as well. So seizing on that, Ignatius teaches us about the necessity of us dying in order to rise. Of course, yes, I will think of that in reference to Carol yesterday who died. And one of the last requests she said to, uh, to Karen, her daughter, is I, I want to go to heaven. Okay, that's what we pray it was accomplished. 
But for all of us, now I'm not talking about biological death in the grave for us right now. I'm talking about how Jesus means it unless we die to our selfishness and live in him, we're not really going to live. Now, there's many people outside walking up and down the streets, driving by, that may attest to this theology, but there are a lot of people in the world who couldn't care less, who would rather live selfishly, who would rather live with prejudice, who would rather choose to live with hate and anger and terrorism. We pray for them, of course, but we don't follow their example. We follow the example of Jesus Christ, whose blood gave life to the church. We follow the example of Jesus Christ, who in the Eucharist gives us himself. And it doesn't stop there. Ignatius' teaching, and there were many, many, many pages of his teaching and letters, we don't have to focus on him too much anymore, but I think we could research him and find about who he was. But the theology that is passed on to us is so rooted in our Christian scriptures, especially the Johannine Gospel, that Jesus wants to be one with us. And if we receive the Eucharist, he is one with us. But the next step has to be followed. We have to be one with him in the world. We have to bring his love, his example, his patience, his prayer into the world with us. People can't look at us and say, huh, you're a Catholic, look how, look how you're acting. Oh, and by the way, as I use the word Catholic, not Christian, because it's Ignatius who first used the phrase that we were a Catholic church, universal. So yes, we are Christians, but specifically from the time of Jesus and the apostles, Catholic, universal. So Jesus expects us to be Catholic in the world, for us to, to, to be able to give comfort to this dying or the sick, to, for us to be examples of charity to the poor, forgiveness and understanding and justice. That's what Jesus expects of us. And if we have Jesus within us, we have to die to the politics of the world, the gossip of the world, the dirt of the world, die to all that and live with him. And his life is eternal. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the all-new Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the all-new 2022 Nissan Frontier. With standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-foot of torque. Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition. 
by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too, and with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus. Made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV.